0: All right, good morning, everybody. This morning we pick up in Psalm 119, I think 97, if I'm right. Yesterday was Anna's wedding and I had to wear a suit all day. I was not going to be hot again. So if you're wondering why I'm wearing what I'm wearing, it's linen. It's fluffy. I didn't even know I was... uh, uh, <laughs> um wanted to mention the men's retreat one more time. Josh Blevins asked me to mention it one more time. If anybody hasn't signed up and still wants to get in, they're going to just let you go ahead and sign up if you're interested. Um, the deadline was is passed, but they, they want as many guys to come as, as want to come anyway. So uh, they've extended it. Go ahead and sign up. I guess some other people have, have asked, and, and so... You're welcome to do that. There are flyers out there for you to grab. That's a little hard to do the QR code off that, but you can do it off the sheet out here if you want to and go ahead and register online so they know how much food to get and all. And and, uh, we can make payment and all that. So that's coming up. And what else is coming up? Potluck next week. Oh, and with that, okay, potluck next week. Mm, Hot dogs and hamburgers. We're supposed to have prayer tonight, and I wanted to. We planned on it, but uh, we've had something come up personally at 6, so we can't be here for prayer, and we thought, well, why don't we, and Carolyn suggested this last time, and I didn't, I, no, we can pray, well, it'd be better to do it next week, if that's okay with everybody that comes to prayer, we'd like to do it next week, um, and just move it as with the potluck, so next week, Sunday after, we'll do potluck, and then we'll have prayer at 7, um, join us for that if you'd like to, and then, worship night coming up July 8th. Ways away, but you know, good to think about. Registration needs due this month; just a couple weeks here. If you can get those in, that'd be great. I think we have plenty of slots, so uh, I, I was a little worried about that, but I think we're going to be okay. So, anyway, those sheets are out there. Fill them out. This uh, this portion of the, the Psalms here, um, um, he seems to have written like last week's section and this week's section all in one sitting. It doesn't matter whether we know that or not, but that's we can gather that because he keeps talking about his adversaries and his difficulties that he's having. And uh, he hadn't before, and all of a sudden he's in a season in his life where he seems to be talking about those things. And I just want to pause for a minute and think that through because we do the academic and we go through the scriptures and we learn what they mean and all. But it is a season, I guess, is what I want to bring up. We all go through seasons and when you're in the dark time or when you're in the difficult time it may seem like oh great this is the new me or this is my new life it's not it's a season we're going through um, I mean I've had a lot of kids and we've gone through uh, a lot of seasons which eat with each kid there's there's funny how it's almost you could almost set your clock by some of the things that they go through at different ages one of them is just a tremendous amount of uh, feeling an obligation to confess everything they ever did. You know, everything, you know, um, I'm going to pick on JC cause he's the only one. He's the only one here. Uh, everybody else is sleeping those turkeys. Uh, but he would, it, it, this might be inappropriate, but welcome. You know, um, he would, he would come up to me. I put him to bed. He goes, dad, I think when I was walking up the stairs, I think I flipped you off. I said, what? <laughs> he says, I think I flipped you off. I said, well, you either did or you didn't. And I'd like to know personally whether you did or not. He goes, well, I was walking up, and my hand was kind of like this. It was just a funny little. I'm like, no, bud, you're okay. It's okay. I just wanted to let you know. And every one of my kids goes through these seasons like that. Dark times, difficult times. And my goodness, I get it. You know, you forget when you're older, it's hard. Oh my goodness. Everything is, you're learning things at a, at a, at a, at a cheetah's pace. The world is coming fast and furious and things are happening. And as I get older and I realize, and I can look back on a few decades, I can say, okay, there were seasons and it. And I, and there was light, and there's at the end of the tunnel, and, the, and you do pass through those things. And it's very important. This is, you know, you know yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no, fear no evil. It's just a valley. You get out of it eventually. It's the going through it that's the hard part. And, and I appreciate him taking the time to maintain his walk with Jesus. Well, you know, it's, it's going to be Jesus. He doesn't know the name of Jesus yet, but he's taking his time to maintain his walk with the Lord. Acknowledging the difficulties, not hiding it at all. This is it. This is hard. My adversaries are all around me. God, I love your word and I keep your word and I keep it. Now, would you keep your word? I need some help here, you know? And I love that he writes that down. Now, that doesn't change his relationship with God, but he understands it's a season that I'm going through and he comes through it with flying colors, you know? These things come to pass throughout scripture you'll hear that these things come to pass they do they just do now that doesn't help anybody when they're going through it but for your own sake as you go through these times in your life just remember this is going to come to pass and there is going to be a different season coming and yeah I look forward to that next season greatly but right now i want to maintain my walk in this season. I want to do this season well. I don't want to go around this mountain again or go through this with confusion and dis disarr- you know in my soul and disarray. I want to walk through this with the Lord and I want to come through it and look back and say God maintained me. I love that footprints, you know, song or uh, poem that they write, you know, and and you're walking along, and Lord, how come it was when I look back at the footprints in the sand uh, where you and I were walking together, there were times, the hardest times in my life, where there was only one set of footprints. Why did you leave me? Why did you forsake me? Because, oh, my son, that was when I carried you, you know. I love that. I know it's still fluffy, but I love that. We have that in our house. My mom made a cross uh, stitch of it, and we have it hanging up, and I read it sometimes. I I do. I pay attention to the art on the walls and I read. I say, that's right. You do. You carry us. He carries us. You know, know that God is carrying him through. And it's interesting how he does it. He carries the psalmist through as the psalmist rests and communicates with the Lord. He's in prayer. And, and it may not look like God is physically coming into his life and carrying him through the difficult times, but he's, he's maintaining that psalmist is refreshing his own soul by praying to the Lord, going over his word in his heart and in his mind, and it's refreshing him. It is carrying him through this season, and I appreciate that. That was a long introduction. All right, 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep your precepts. He appreciates the wisdom that he gets from studying God's word. God told him that was going to happen. Study my word, maintain it, do it, keep it. Don't just memorize it, but actually do it in your life. And it's just really going to work out well for it. He says, you know, you were right. I did that. And it did. And he's acknowledging that. I like, and the part I focused on was the fact that I understand more than the ancients. And he just means the oldest people in his life. Now, what does that mean? We've got a verse in Proverbs sixteen thirty one: the silver-haired head is a crown of glory. And that's not the only part of that verse, though. Just because I have gray hair doesn't make me wise. It finishes with, if it is found in the way of righteousness. So what he's comparing himself to in 97 through 100 is this, as I, as a younger man than the ancients around me, follow your precepts, I'm light years ahead and i and i I mention that for you, younger folks. Um, not everybody that's older than you is wiser than you. I'm not saying that you should mouth off or you know walk around all proud and all i'm not I'm not saying that. I'm saying as you as you do what God's asked you to do, as you do, what the Lord is leading you to do and showing you to do and what you're reading in in God's word, as you do that, you will be surprised how you'll come into the same situation. Maybe some of the elders around you come into and you're like, I can see this more clearly than they can. Now, it doesn't mean you need to yell that at the top of your lungs. Be careful about that. None of us older people like to be told that we're wrong. I'm just telling you especially by someone younger. But I want you to know that in your own heart as you recognize that saying "Hmm," and give credit where credit is due. It's because I'm doing what God's word says and hold on to that and let that carry you through the rest of your life. A lot of us came to know the Lord uh, later on in life. And so although there's gray hair, there may only be 10 years of experience. And you being younger, starting now, we'll have 40 years of experience by the time you get to our age. And that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. And we all wish we'd we'd have started sooner. I don't know anybody that ever came to know Jesus and said, you know, I wish I'd waited a little bit longer before I came to Christ. Nobody ever said that. And so he just simply says that. I I love your law. I meditate on it. My enemies are always with me. And they're not going away, God. Verse 101. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth through your precepts. I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. A lot of this stuff is like almost a, an oath the way he says it. You know, I don't know that he's, he's, he's trying to fill anybody in on this stuff. He's saying, these are things I choose to do, am doing, and will continue to do. It's like an oath, basically. Um, I have restrained my feet from every evil way because I wanted to keep your word. And with that, there are choices that have to be made. Ingesting and digesting God's word does not automatically mean things are going to go well. My feet have to follow that. My path, my life has to go along with that. I can't just say, yeah, I know that verse is true. And that verse is clear over there. And my life is clear over here away from it. I need to be over there for the blessing to be enacted in my life. I need to be where God's word tells me to be. That's all he's saying. I've restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I've not departed from your judgments for you uh, yourself have taught me. In John chapter 14, verses 25 through 29, Jesus is speaking to them about the Holy Spirit, the Helper. He says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you, Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Uh, You have heard me uh, say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to my Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I mean, that's a lot. First part is the Holy Spirit is our teacher and guide. Even this morning as I read and as you gain a Bible study today, you may not be absorbing all of it, but your ears are for the most part if you're listening. And later on in the week, something may come up and something from God's Word that we just read this morning will, hey, hey, what's the Holy Spirit? saying? Hey, remember we talked about this on Sunday. I told you this is coming and you're going to use it right now. Right now you're going to use it, you know. And God, the Holy Spirit is that, and I can trust in that. Jesus says, "I want you to trust that I'm going to send you a teacher, the Holy Spirit, and He will lead and guide you to all truth. trust that i'm I'm sending him. So we need to be listening for that teacher. This guy gets it here. The writer here understands that. You yourself have taught me you've you've made it real in my life, you know A lot of things I learned in school are abstract thought, you know. And not a lot of application for the most part, only because of the career choices I've made and things. I just it wasn't useful. Now, they, you know, they, they set you up with everything you might need to know, and then when you pick a path, well, some of the stuff you don't use very much, and that happens. But the stuff that I use, I was taught, you know? I, I, I not only had it in my heart and in my, or in my mind, I, I knew how to use it, which is a big difference. I think that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom, you know? And that's what he's saying. You've taught me. I know how to use your word. I know how to obey the instructions that you've given me, and it's caused me great joy in my life, simply put. He uh, finishes with this, and this is the verse that I was telling you about. Um, not finishes, but this is the next section I wanted to focus on. This is Psalm 119, 105. We memorized this and uh, in our family and... Very important. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And the reason we memorize that is because it's a very easy thing for kids to get. Your, your word tells me where my feet are and your word tells me where the path is. Very simple. And when my feet are not on the path, when I read your word, I know, at least I know what to do. I know how far off I am. I know what course correction needs to take place in my life. Whether I do it or not, that's the next step. But your word will definitely shine a light on my life. And it'll tell me exactly where I'm standing. And it'll tell me exactly where I should be standing. Sometimes it lines up. Yay for me. You know, I like those days. I like those times. Sometimes I'm off a few degrees, you know. I'm a few steps out of whack here. I need to get over there. Don't don't slip any further than I already have, you know. Other times I read stuff, and I'm like, even. Where where's the path? You know, I'm that far off." And then I know, I just, I, there's no gradual leaning over to it. I just need to, you know, go right to it, kind of thing. There's no leaning over to that. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Um, in Isaiah chapter 30, I think this is a combination of all the things we've just discussed. Discussed. The prophet says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Some people call it their gut. As a believer, you know what that is. It's not your gut. It's the Lord in your life. He dwells with you. He's saying you shouldn't do that. I want you to not do that. Or I want you to do this. You'll hear that still small voice in your spirit, in your heart. You'll be like, I just need, sometimes we listen, sometimes we don't. That's not the point. God is faithful to be that still small voice in our lives to lead and guide us. If I neglect him or ignore him and reject his counsel, I need to understand what's happened. I've accepted then the consequences of rejecting his counsel. There's no other way around it. I can't expect God to say, you know, I know you want me to go that way, but I'd rather not go that way. I want you to bless this way. No, no, no. That's When I tell you this is the way I want you to walk, I'm telling you this is the place of blessing. This is the place for you. This is where I want you to be. If you choose not to take that route, then you're on your own over here. With that, with your choices, you're going to reap the consequences of those actions. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, I pray, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. It does take effort on our part. I don't care what you say about free will. He <laughs> just said we have it. I have a choice as to whether I'm going to offer praises to God or not. I have a choice as to whether I'm going to sing to the Lord or not. These are offerings that we bring or offerings we don't bring. I think for a lot of people, it'd be easier if we could just drag a lamb into the temple and kill it and slaughter it and say, there, I brought my offering. It's something tangible. It's something I can see. I understand that. But when God switches everything over and the temple is gone and all all those rituals that go along with the temple are gone... He says, I've fulfilled all of that. I am the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. There is no other sacrifice. Now the sacrifices have changed. The sacrifice of praise, prayer, obedience. These are all offerings that we can or don't offer to the Lord. They're they're much more um, honest, (laughs) to be honest, to be real with you. A lamb, uh, you see it? It's dead? You did it. I mean, but praise from a pure heart, prayer to the Lord, those are things that get very real and very honest. You can, you can bring a lamb back then and say, yeah, 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 forgive me. Okay, good, got that. And not even have a thought in your heart or a feeling in your heart about the sin. You did the action, but the heart wasn't changed. When it comes to praise, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to worshiping the Lord, you can't fake that. I mean you can fool everybody else around you but you can't fake that with the Lord and he knows that and you know that please accept the free will offering of my mouth O oh Lord it is a free will offering he will never make <laughs> you're not going to be he's not going to be a ventrilo- ventriloquist he's not going to make you do it that's something I have to do I have to choose to open my mouth to let the air come through my through my voice you know through my uh, Voice box there, and to make the sounds that my mind has decided to do for my God. I've got to do all of that. And he leaves it in my hands to either do or, or not. 109. My life is continually in my hands. In other words, it's continually in danger. Yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. Again, it's like an oath. The enemies are still there. The traps are still being laid. But I'm not moving for my relationship with you, God. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stay true. I'm going to be faithful. And sometimes that's what the trials are for. Are things going to get hard? And then you don't anymore because things aren't hard because uh, God didn't do what I thought he was going to do. And, and what I told him to do, I told him what I needed from him and he didn't do what I told him to do. I'm done with, I'm done with the Lord. We had a wedding, like I said, this last Saturday and we did vows and everybody loves the health. Everybody loves the riches. Everybody loves the good times. You know, that's, what the, that's not the part of the vows you got to promise. Nobody has to promise that. Will you be with me when I'm good to you? Well, of course you will. When I'm healthy and I don't have a thing wrong with me, will you stick with me? Yeah, that's we have, you know, it's the other side. That's what the vows are for. In bad times, in sickness, in poverty, those are the hard times. Those are the times when you know whether there's real love or not. That's when... Everything comes to the top. My relationship with God is at its most real and most powerful when things aren't going right with me in this world. That's when I'm the closest to him. I wish it wasn't the case. I mean, I'm close to God. Don't get me wrong. I praise God on sunny, beautiful days when I've got my grandchildren all around me. Believe me, I soak that up, and I'm I'm not that bad of a guy, you know. I say, oh God, this is amazing. I've got more good memories than 12 lifetimes. You could kill me now and I could care less. I've had so much, I'm overflowing. I don't need anything else from you. Oh my goodness, it's just poured out. So I have those moments, but I'm very intimate. Maybe that's a better word with God during the very, very difficult times and the hard times of my life. And God wants that intimacy with me. And I'm okay with hard times if it means I'm going to have more intimacy with God, because I love him. I like God a lot. I'm not like, oh, man. You know, I don't have to go to church. I don't have to worship God. I don't have to read the Bible. I really like him a lot. And I'm saying that, you know, obviously tongue-in-cheek. Of course I love him. But when the tough times come, I get so much comfort by being in his presence. I get so much comfort from worshiping him. I get so much comfort from his word. I mean, that is the only place that settles my heart. None of you, none, nobody in my family can do that for me. I love them and they want to, and everybody desires to make someone else feel better. And they can say as much as they think they should say and do as much as they think they should do. But My comfort in my heart only comes from being in his presence so it settles me that's what he just said he says i i rejoice your word he says in verse 111 for they are the rejoicing of my heart i totally understand that in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 47 through 48 he says this and this is probably the wrong cross-reference, so forgive me if it, if it brings things down. I don't mean to, but it says this, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything, therefore you shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord will send against you, in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. I know that's harsh. But it helps me as a friend of God, as someone who loves God, likes God a lot. He takes it very personally when I don't appreciate. He just does. Like I, got, I, I made this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. W- will you rejoice and be glad in it? Or are you going to find something wrong with it again? I find so much wrong. Oh, I get so disgusted with myself sometimes. I mean, it can be be this wonderful thing. 98% of it was perfect. There's that 2% though. I mean, who, who does that? Probably everybody, I hope. I'm not the only one here. But I'll remember that thing. And it's like God says, okay, so you can't rejoice when I'm abundantly blessing you? Okay. Here's your enemies. There's your enemy. Why don't you do everything that you... Since you're over there pouting with the enemy, looking back at me over your shoulder with the enemy, I'm going to let the enemy bless you. I mean, that's how I read it anyway. Here, be a blessing to my son over here. He's not appreciative of the father over here that does nothing but good for him. You go ahead. You try for a while. Boy, you come running back quick. Sorry, I complained about the 2% of my life that I wasn't perfect, you know, or whatever. Anyway. God's word is a rejoicing. Um, it, it, it blesses your heart, where it's supposed to anyway. Psalm 113, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. We've talked about that, so I'm not going to hit it again. But earlier on in the, in the in this same psalm, he talked about double-mindedness and having a half heart, half mind, half foot, you know, one foot in, one foot out of walking with the Lord. That double-mindedness, the writer here doesn't understand that. You're either all in or you're not. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God! Exclamation point. That's like the only part so far anyway where he's actually turned his attention from God whom he's writing to to the enemies and says something directly to them. You depart from me, evildoers. I'm going to follow the commandments of my God. It's almost not talking himself into it, but I've, I've been in those places, you know. You keep bringing it on. I'm going to keep... Um, it, I like the stubbornness of the statement, personally. Bring it. Because the evildoer's intent is to cause you to stumble, because Satan's always behind it. The, the The people that are stirred up by Satan are always trying to get you to be mad at God, or walk away from God, or resent God, or be angry with God. And that's that's their goal. That's why they're stirred up. That's what Satan wants, to separate you from the Lord. To keep you from focusing on him. And it's almost as if he says, I don't care what you bring my way. I don't care what you try. I'm not going to stop doing what God's commandments are. I'm going to keep going. And hopefully demoralize the enemy. This is the idea. Instead of the enemy demoralizing me. Uphold me according to your word that I may live. And do not let me be ashamed of my hope. (laughs) Now, after I said that, God, (laughs) make sure you do your part, you know. And of course he does hold me up and I shall be safe and I shall observe your statutes continually. You reject all those who stray from your statutes for their deceit is falsehood. You put away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore I love your testimonies. Now dross is a funny thing. That's that stuff that rises to the top as you smelt, uh, You know, you get some metal and you get it heated up and you boil it and you get it hot. And all the impurities float to the top because they're lighter than the element itself. And they scrape off that dross and they throw it out. And it's just more pure and more pure and more pure. He says, you do that. You put away all the wickedness of the earth like dross. The only way the dross comes to the top is through heat. That's it. If I've got some junkiness mixed in, if I've got an alloy, (laughs) now I'm really getting into it. An alloy is a mixture of different kinds of metals, right? If I've got an alloy that's got impurities in it or whatever, and God says, no, I don't want you to be an alloy. I don't want want the impurities. I got to get rid of that. I want to be able to see my shining face as a reflection on your life. I'm going to heat it up, and it's going to be hard, it's going to be hot, and you're going to boil, but those impurities are going to come to the top, and you're going to recognize them, and you're going to wonder, what do I do with these impurities? What do I do with this scum in my life? God says, I want to scrape it off. I never want it in your life again, and I'm going to do it again. And he continually refines us, refiners fire. My heart's pure desire. (laughs) Really? Yeah. How do I get the impurities out of my life? I got to let God bring the heat. And I'm so blessed on the other side of that heat because I look like him a little bit more. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. The last cross-reference that I have, and I didn't give it to you Aaron, I'm sorry, is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 7 through 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And here's why. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Which kind of sums up everything he said here. I'm going through a difficult time, but I'm not going to walk away from your precepts. I'm going to obey the Lord, you evildoers. Now God, help me. Take away this dross. I rejoice in your word. All of that is wrapped up in this proverb. I'm not wise in my own eyes. I don't know everything. I love the Lord and I fear the Lord. And it's health to my flesh and strength to my bones. Because of that. That's where we leave this, this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. I don't know about comforting, but just truth. And comforting in the sense that Uh, we know that this is a universal truth. This is your truth. I mean, it applies to everybody. I don't have to, we don't have to season it or change it or or the recipe's perfect as is. And so God, we've heard your word this morning and in, in your word, we've heard of the perfection of your word and the beauty of your word and the rejoicing of your word. I pray that your word would work in our hearts. I pray that it would bring healing to us. I pray that it would remove, remove impurities, God. I pray that it would help us have a deeper walk with you, that we would reflect you more to yourself, that you'd see your face shining in our reflection of our lives, but also to others. That when heat comes in this world and the world sees us reacting differently than everybody else in the world, and they wonder, why is that? Why is that person reacting the way they are in such, with such grace, with such mercy? with such forgiveness that we can point them to you. It's because we have a walk with you, because we're close to you, because we like you, God, love you, God. You're a joy to us. So God, be honored this morning in our lives. Be honored in this place. Be honored in this prayer, in our singing, in our in our study of your word, and the application of your word in our lives. Be honored, God. You're worthy of all of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer before you go, please, uh, I'm going to go to the back. There'll be uh, somebody up front, though, to pray with you, and I can talk with you in back if you want to. Either way.